Good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, today, um, the gospel reading is all about God's mercy, if you couldn't pick that one out. Um, I remember uh, whenever I was a kid, me and my sister were spending the weekend at my grandma's house in Church Point. And uh, she was... She had the TV. This was the days before remotes were there. You remember those? You had to go and turn it. Like, gosh, that was terrible. So you had to turn the little knob. And so to make sure that she got her TV show, she sat right in front of the TV. And it was right there. So I couldn't get in and change the station. Well, I got mad. And we had these little toys. They were called stomper trucks. I don't know if some of you remember playing with those. You turn a switch on underneath them, and their wheels would start spinning. So I got my little stomper truck, and I turned it on. And I walked up behind her, and I stuck it in her hair. <laughs> yeah, she was not laughing, and uh, neither was I after that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't deserve her mercy <laughs> at all, but she still gave it to me, right? I, got, I mean, I did get in trouble, but I was still able to watch TV, but it had to be her show, right? Um, so there was a consequence to my action, but I did get mercy, even though I didn't deserve it, right? <laughs> my poor sister. Um, <clears throat> this is somewhat a little bit of what we're going to in the scriptures today. If you want to take your Bibles out, um, go ahead and turn with me to page 67. We're in Luke's gospel. 67. Um, Luke chapter 15. We're going to start on verse 11. As you open up your Bible, I'm just going to give you a little background real quick. Um, Jesus is at a, a point in his ministry, it's called uh, the, the point of parables, right? He's getting close to his death. It's a little bit halfway through, a little more than halfway. And he enters into a period of parables. He's not speaking normal, right? And so he'll tell the parable of, um, of the barren fig tree and the parable of the great banquet and the parable of the lost sheep, which we just heard, and the lost coin, why is Jesus doing this? He's speaking in riddles. Well, you could say it's this way. He's buying himself time, right? He's not speaking direct because he's speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And if he speaks too blunt, his time will be shortened. He'll be killed too quick and he won't be able to finish the work that the father sent him to do. So he enters into this parable season where they're going, they can't catch him on nothing. They're like wondering, what did all that mean that he just now spoke about? There's nothing hard evidence that we can say he did this, he said this, let's kill him. So this is where Jesus is at today. It's a time of parables as he approaches Jerusalem. So if you follow with me on page uh, 67, Luke 15, verse 11. We're going to kind of take it line by line because it's a really incredible story of, um, of how the Father loves us. So Jesus speaks of this parable of a prodigal son and a brother. We only got time to get into the prodigal son aspect of it. So there was a, a man who had two sons, he says, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a share of property that falls to me. He divided it between them. Now, stop for a second. <clears throat> for a Jew, and this is who he's speaking to, this would have been a horrible thing. Because think about it. When do you normally get your inheritance? Once, once your mother or father dies. But this young cat, he's probably in his 18, 19 years old, that young age of rebellion. He goes to his dad and says, give me my, my inheritance now. So basically he's telling his dad, like, dad, I, I realize everything, but I wish you were dead. Give me what belongs to me. 
that wouldn't sit too well in my family. <laughs> and so, but the father, now the father is the image of God. He says, okay, here's your inheritance. You can have it. And it says the son takes the inheritance and he goes and squanders it. Later on, we get revealed by the older son that he goes off and he turns it over to like prostitutes, drunkenness, partying, right? So he squanders the inheritance. He spent everything. And then a famine hit. Um, and the scriptures continue. It says <clears throat> this famine hit and all the citizens in the country were struggling. So he was like, I got to get a job. So he goes and he says, I will go and feed the swine, feed the pigs. Now, if we know anything about Jewish culture, they didn't eat pork, <laughs> right? So for a Jew to go and feed pigs, this was the lowest of the lowest job you could ever imagine. And that's what Jesus is getting at. Remember, he's speaking to scribes and Pharisees, the mighty ones. So he goes and he does the unimaginable job that would have been a disgrace, a humbling disgrace. He feeds the pigs. And then while he's feeding these pigs, he says he would have gladly fed on the pods that the pigs ate. But no one gave him anything. So you got to realize this guy, it's what we would say today, he's hit rock bottom. He's there. He, there's nowhere to go but up. The lowest you can go is feeding pigs and you don't even eat what they eat. They, the pigs are eating better than you? Poof, bet. So he goes, you know what? It says, the scripture says, he came to his senses. He had this awakening. He says to himself in verse 17, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, but I perish here with hunger? He goes, I know what I'll do. I'm going to rise, go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I no longer am worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. All right, so here's the moment of repentance. Notice what repentance looks like. You pick yourself back up. You realize it's God's mercy. He realizes his dad's mercy, but he doesn't expect anything. He just wants to be like one of the hired servants. And I love how it says, he arose. That is the first motion of repentance. We get up and we start moving towards the Father. Right? Now, I can only imagine what this movement would have been like. Right? Imagine as he's going down the road, for miles and miles he's walking, lightly clad, stinks like the pigs, he has no shoes on his feet, and he's walking, and he's just walking and walking. Imagine what he would have thought about as he walked. How many times do you think he rehearsed his lines? Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Over and over, rehearsing his repentance line. I kind of think of it in, in a few practical ways. Sometimes whenever we're sitting in the confessional line, how many times are we doing that? Going over in our head, over and over. Okay, this is what I got to say. Don't forget this one. Don't forget that one. I mean, type it out on my phone. Make sure I don't forget it. Or maybe it's the, some of those conversations that we've all had, right? You're driving home from work and you know you got to go home and have a tough conversation. Got to ask for forgiveness, right? We've all been in those situations. And so on that drive home, how many times do you mull over and over in your head? What I got to say? What if she says this? I'm going to say that. I'm going to say this. She's going to say that. We play this this role, these conversations of repentance in our heads over and over, right? That's where the young man is at. Put yourself in his shoes. 
He's going back home after he had wished his father to be dead, squandered his inheritance, has been sleeping around with prostitutes, and he was the man of the hour buying everybody drinks. And now there's nobody there for him. He's in the lowest point of his life. And he doesn't go back expecting anything from his dad. Just treat me like a servant. And this is where I love what begins to happen. Verse 20. So he arises, he goes. Notice what happens. He arose and he came to his father. Follow along with me there. It says, but while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And I love all these, these words, right? The, the son was at a distance. He was far away. It gives us the image that the father was waiting for his son day in and day out. He would go to the watchtower and he would look as far as he could to see if he would see one little glimpse of his son walking down the street. And he finally sees it. Imagine the joy in the father's heart. Some of you might be able to relate to that. Maybe there's some kids in your family that you haven't seen in a long time because of things that have happened. And you still anxiously await and you still love them no matter what. And you wish things could be reconciled. There's the father's heart and he's watching and waiting. And now all of a sudden he sees his son. He's filled with joy. It says he's filled with compassion. It says he runs. He embraces him and he kisses him. This must have blown that young man's mind. First of all, he sees his father running to him. I don't know if I would have stood there, ran the opposite direction if I'd have been in his shoes. So the father's running to him and it says he embraced him. Now, in the original Greek, it's not embraced. It's the word tackle. <laughs> the father ran and tackled his son and began to kiss him all over his face. Right? We would call that in, in my family, he gave him the becca la passette, just started kissing all over his face, right? This is the Father's love for each one of us. Whenever we're still yet far off and we begin that, that journey of conversion, all we have to do is start the journey to come back home. And the Father sees us, he runs to us, he tackles us with his merciful love and begins kissing us all over. This is the Father's love. It shattered this young man's vision. And so what does he do? He only can do one thing. He sits there and he begins to vomit his rehearsed lines. His dad's trying to hug him and kiss him. He's going, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be called your son. Notice what the father does. The father doesn't even pay attention to him. Doesn't even pay attention to what his son is saying. The father just says, Bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it, for my son has died and now he's come to life again, right? We're going to eat, we're going to make merry. The father is like oblivious to what his son just now said. He's just so happy to see him and he says, go and take the fatted calf, right? Put him on a pole, let's have a conchon doulet. Let's have the, the Zadiko music going, throwing the cornmeal on the floor, and let's dance all night long because my son was dead, and now he's alive, and he's back again. You see, this is the radical, unbelievable love and mercy of the Father. We can't wrap our minds around that sometimes. Our forgiveness isn't like that, is it? We struggle as human beings to forgive like that. No, you see, when we get hurt, we hold a grudge. We push people away. We don't let them back in, Right? But this is a father who loves us. And we don't have to beat ourselves up anymore. 
What do we have to do? Arise. Start coming back to the Father in any little way. Right? And that's what you'll experience. His love, His mercy. This embrace that He wants to give to us. You see, what is mercy? Mercy says, I don't deserve it, but God desires it. I don't deserve it, but God desires it. That's mercy. And that's what we encounter every time we go to confession. Every time we ask another person to forgive us for wrongdoings, we encounter mercy. We encounter something we didn't deserve, but He desires. And so if that's the way that God desires for us to come to Him, then let's run. Let's go back to the Father, you know? One thing we do here a lot is hear confessions. That's a sign of a healthy parish. This beautiful gift of mercy. That's all it is, is mercy. And so today, think about this. Maybe there's somebody in our life that we need to show mercy to. Maybe there's someone that doesn't deserve mercy, but maybe we show it to them anyway. Why? Because that's how God loves us, and we're called to love like that. Right? And maybe there's something in our life that we need to ask God to forgive us for and receive that mercy. Let go of the shame. Let go of the guilt. Let go of all that stuff and receive God's mercy today. That's the great gift that he wants to give us. So he's reminding us in this parable, you know, that this is how he loves us. This radical, crazy love that the Father has for each of us. Amen?